Hey everyone, it's Dr. Jana with the Christ-Centered Holistic Health Podcast. Stay tuned for more biblical health education, encouraging interviews, and amazing testimonies for your good and God's glory. Hey everyone, I want to introduce you guys today to my um, friend and client Lauren and her parents are also here with us today because they've been a part of her journey um, from the very beginning. So um, she's going to share a an incredibly miraculous mental health um, testimony and um, all glory to God about what he has done in her life. So Without further ado, let's dive right in and welcome to the podcast, everybody. Hi. Hello. Hello. Oh, hello. So Lauren, why don't you start us off and just introduce yourself, tell us how old you are, where you're from, and um, how you guys found my practice, because I think that was more your mom, Christy, that uh, actually found me. Is that right? That is. So I'm 28 years old from Fort Mitchell, Kentucky. Um, I am was currently or I was dealing with a really bad um, manic episode that came from an, um, a bipolar diagnosis um, that I had had for some time. I actually um, was in a deep amount of delusion and hallucinations at the time. And um, I was living with my parents. And my mom actually did a lot of research and she was the one who found you. So I'm going to give her um, a little bit of time to explain how she did that and um, went about finding you and getting us um, set up. Yeah, <laughs> it was um, it was with the Revelation Wellness when you were co-hosting um, with Elisa on the Sugar Fest and me and my husband joined um, that group. And so I think it's been a couple years, um, but that's when we first met you and heard about your practice. And then um, I'm sure I joined your email list and you sent over a health revival seminar and I joined that and watched that. And it gave me such hope. And I was just praying from that point that it'd be something Lauren would be interested in and agree to. Awesome. And that was, was that the one this summer? I think the last, that was the last one I hosted was this summer. Was that when? Yeah, that was it. Okay. And I remember you asked some questions and um, you were inquiring. So I knew that you were probably going to reach, reach out to us. And you were asking about working with someone with uh, mental health issues and such. And, um, and I just defaulted to, why don't you contact us privately? Let's discuss what's going on and I'll pray about it. And you pray about it to see if this is a fit because um, I just want to make a disclaimer that I don't treat mental illness, nor do I treat anything. Um, I, um, you know, pray and ask the Lord to fill me with his spirit. And we address root causes in the body detoxification and then support what's weak or clear what is blocking you. And then the rest, the body can heal in God's amazing, miraculous, intelligent design of his creation, he's given us our, our bodies, the capacity to heal. And so the same approach that I take with anybody else, whether it's menopausal hormonal symptoms or, um, you know, digestive or autoimmune or whatever, mental illness really isn't that much different. Although there can be lots of layers of trauma and, um, sin and other things that affect it, which were, um, pieces of the puzzle in this case, would you agree? Absolutely. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Okay. So, um, what were, what were your formal diagnoses before we met Lauren? My formal diagnosis was bipolar. Um, the manic version, not the one, um, where you stay in depressive states, but the one where, um, you occasionally, kind of um, slip into manic or they sometimes call them psychotic states um, and those normally lasted around a month in a mental institution trying different medications to stabilize me whether it be antipsychotics or um, mood stabilizers 
And how, um, how long had you suffered before our first appointment? Was this, there wasn't like a decade long battle or something? Yes. My first manic episode happened when I was 19 and I had been in three different, well, I had three different manic episodes and was in four different um, psychiatric hospitals working to find a solution or something that was going to stabilize me long term. I think um, after the first time, um, we kind of chucked it up to maybe that was just some trauma and we weren't really convinced that their diagnosis was correct. So I actually um, didn't continue taking any of the medication that they gave me and I was stable for about three years, although I was um, indulging in recreational drugs like marijuana and doing a lot of drinking um, and eventually ended up having another manic episode where I went into two different um, psychiatric hospitals and this time did decide to stay on the medication and kind of accept the diagnosis that I was given. Um, I was stable for another about three years. Um, and what, age, what age did that second episode hit? How old were you then? I was, it was in 2021. Um, how old does that make me? Well, actually 2018 for this second. Oh yeah, so 2018. Um, I'm not exactly. 22. So 22 for the yes. second episode. Age 22, okay. Um. So you were and saying I was, you got on, they put you on psychiatric drugs again and yes. decided to accept the diagnosis at that time that, oh, this seems like it really is a thing and I'm going to stay medicated this time. And what were you given and what was that, what was that experience like? I was given um, lithium carbonate as the mood stabilizer, as well as risperidone as an antipsychotic. Um, I only stayed on the antipsychotics for a minimum amount of time. They really had a lot of side effects, made me tired, um, really groggy, a lot of brain fog. Um, so I quickly told the doctor that I wasn't going to be able to stay on those. And um, I guess based on the results from the mood stabilizer, it seemed like I was pretty stable um, and I think it was fine. I ended up just taking the lithium carbonate um, and it had a lot it didn't it had a lot of side effects um that I didn't see even though I know a lot of people deal with them um I did have a bit of a hand tremor and um I had to have blood work done to test my liver and things um about every six months um I didn't really have any issues for three years until I went through um a bit of a traumatic experience separating from my now ex-husband um, in 2021. And I slowly, um, in order to cope with the trauma of that experience, um, started to smoke weed again, um, started drinking again, um, even on that medication, which um, threw it out of whack. And I started to become more and more unstable. I ended up having another manic episode in 2021, the summer. Um, and I ended up going in for another month into the psychiatric um, hospital and they had upped the dosage of my medication um, to an extremely high dosage. And um, so this is this puts you at about age 25. Am I tracking properly? After tw the yeah, 20. I think it was 26. 26 okay so you're yeah. this is post-divorce and now you're hospitalized a third time for a third severe manic episode yes okay. um and I was just struggling to find like purpose um I had really found purpose um in being being a wife and um being married so after deciding to leave that situation um which i will disclaim that it was not centered around the lord it was an unequally yoked um marriage and it was a very difficult thing to go through i always had my beliefs in god but i didn't really follow any path that would have shown that to anyone else um really just lit was living in the world and so trying to find 
um, purpose and connection after that separation was quite difficult. So I found that in um, a lot in marijuana, even after coming out of the hospital in 2021, I wasn't convinced that weed was one of the main factors that was um, causing me to be extremely psychoactive and um, causing the mania to get worse. So I continued to smoke um, coming out of that. And I didn't, I was stable even throughout smoking and taking the medication um, for about a year and a half, um, just working different jobs and trying to figure out what, um, what I was going to do next. Uh, and then I actually took a trip to visit someone and, um, my, I was already in a manic state, but it was more of a hypomanic state where I wasn't, um, like so unstable that I couldn't manage um, getting around driving and things. It was kind of quite difficult for loved ones and family ones to understand um, if I was going through something or if I was just acting a little bit more promiscuous or adventurous or risk-taking. Um, and I had visited someone and actually um, took some mushrooms and the manic episode had that I had 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 got ex much worse at that point and I started to start seeing hallucinations and hearing demonic voices and this was outside of just when you were like tripping on mushrooms it yes it continued for month, about a month and a half okay and this is what age is this age 27 or 28 then how long was this before? yes this happened in um about July, July, 11. yeah, of this year, so 2023, and I was 28 years old. Okay, that was when um, mom contacted me. Desperate. Yes, yes, when I got back from that trip, and I was acting completely different, and um, they didn't know at the time that I was hearing demonic voices. That was something that I kept to myself because um, it came across as they were voiceovers um, of like my parents, um, friends, people on the TV. It was like any kind of voice that, um, or person that like I was interacting with, there was some kind of like voiceover that, um, we were speaking like that, um, a demonic voice that they had, um, was speaking to me like through mental, um, stuff. So. And what kind of, if you're comfortable sharing, like what, do you feel like the demonic voices that you were hearing were telling you? Um, because if I'm recalling right, correct me if I'm wrong on any part of your story, okay? Um, yes. Weren't, wasn't it, in in essence, looking back, Satan trying to cause division between you and your parents? Would that be fair to say? And yes. The accuser, right? The Bible tells us the Satan is the accuser of the brethren. The accuser was coming and trying to accuse your parents of being out to get you when sincerely at this point, they were probably your only Christian uh, advocates. Is that fair to say? Yes. Yes. At that point, um, the the demonic voices like kind of changed over time. Um, so the more I would find truth in things, they would find different ways of talking and saying things that were going to like cause me to stay in a state of fear and um and panic and extreme stress. So at first, um, they were saying things that were trying to convince me that I was of some demonic, like being from birth, that like I was meant to be demonic, that like what I was doing was like what my purpose was. Um, it even went as far as like thinking that like I was supposed to be like the antichrist. Um, like it was pretty intense. So along with that, um, and with like my parents being, um, having such good relationships with God, it automatically put us on opposite ends um, and had me in a state of paranoia that they were trying to um, harm me. Like um, at the time, my mom was taking care of my medication and making sure that I was taking it. Um, 
And I actually um, got to the point where I was so uncomfortable with her doing that, that I ended up calling um, a, a psychiatric hospital and asking them to come pick me up because I did not feel safe. And um, I was on different medication at the time. What were, you, um, what were you, what all were you medicated on or even what were you abusing as far as like street drugs or alcohol or whatever at the time? At that time they had, I had gone, um, I think before my trip, um, I had gone into the hospital for about three days just because we had seen some smaller symptoms of a manic episode and they, um, and I had, they found out that I had gone septic because the dosages were so high um, of the lithium carbonate. So they took me off of that and switched to um, a drug called Depakote. And they still have me on the risperidone and a anti-anxiety um, med, uh, Lamotrigine. And I was, t so I was taking a combination of those three when I came out and they told me it would be like six to eight weeks um, for it to completely stabilize. Um, switching off one medication to the other. Um, and I never actually got that stabilized. Um, and so that's when I had taken the trip and, um, down and visited someone and um, experimented with mushrooms. And when I came back uh, within, I, within a week, um, the demonic voices had gotten so bad and I was so um, paranoid having my mom help me with those new medications that I had called to go into um, the psychiatric hospital that was closest to our house. And I actually had a police officer come and pick me up like before my parents had woke up. And so that is, that's the, that's the point at which I met you, correct? And so it was to summarize your fourth um, hospitalization for mental breakdown, manic episode. This time, would it be fair to say this was probably the worst because now we're dealing with manic episodes over medicated but now we have mushrooms and other street drugs involved in yes for sure I have never heard any audible voices come out of my manic episodes um I could probably best describe it as um feeling as if I was in an altered state of reality but I was still fully engaged in um in life I just thought that like um there like nothing could really like hurt me um that like laws weren't really like there like set forth in stone like you could really just do whatever you want I just um lived a much more like reckless life when I was in a manic episode but I never heard anything like audibly I never had any demonic um, oppression or voices come out of that, um, until after I had taken that trip down there and took mushrooms. Yeah. So age 28 was a huge tipping point. You know what? I got saved when I was 28. My life was radically transformed and changed as well. Um, but so when I met you, I know there was other, so there, there, it would be fair to say, and you guys, again, correct me if I'm wrong, there was a lot of occult activity that also was contributing to this, right? People aren't just mentally ill. There's, there's a lot of, it's a, it's a complicated thing, but there's a lot of things at the root of this. Lauren or mom or dad, are you guys willing to share any other pieces of the puzzle that contributed this? I want to respect your privacy, but I also want to give you a platform if you feel comfortable sharing any other parts of this that, that are really relevant because then I want to get into the good stuff. Then we're going to get to the breakthrough and the testimony and what God has miraculously done in your life in just a few short months. Yeah, sure. Um, after my separation with my husband back in December of 2021, um, like I said, I was really looking for purpose and understanding and I ended up finding a lot of, things that made me feel like I was being understood in astrology. Um, and that was kind of like a tipping point for me um, where instead of like taking that time and drawing closer to the Lord and using that to further my relationship with him, um, I thought I was, but more in a new age religion. I was also surrounded by people 
um, and social media that was just pushing that agenda of um, new age religion and using like Middle Eastern or yogic techniques to um, really find like wholeness and oneness with the earth and the world and um, a God. And so that um, started me looking into different things like tarot, thinking that there was some like lighter version or good version that was like a godly version and didn't really have to do with witchcraft, even though knowing now that it all is. Um, and um, even deeper to go, um, I found on Twitter, something about the law of assumption and like manifesting your own life and a lot of it openly talked about like being your own god but I didn't really like think too much of that I just was like oh this is just you know like mantras they say those are good I would always try to like find connections and reasons why this still um aligned with like my Christian beliefs and Christian background and faith and try to like like I could tell that it was different but I still thought that like I was on the same lines and um, it really did like help me feel like I was getting to know myself more and things like that. Um, Isn't that so Satan himself, the great deceit? Yes, for sure. Yes. So he's good at lying. I had opened up um, a lot, a lot of doors because I didn't just like research and do practice. Um, I would go to sleep listening to like six hours subliminal videos um whether it be for a new relationship or for a different body or for um like a new job or more money or whatever the subliminal subliminal was about so i could have i was opening a door and allowing some person on the internet to um speak into my life um for hours on end every night when i went to sleep um writing mantras and things in journals and stuff over and over again. Um, not things that were necessarily bad, but just like taking into account that like doing this exact ritual was what was going to bring it rather than um, it being something that I like take to the Lord. So yeah, I would say that I opened up a lot of doors right before um, my last manic episode happened that really allowed Satan to work a lot more um, with me in that vulnerable state. Agreed. Yeah. And mom or dad, do you have anything to, would you add anything to that or? Um... I mean, just early on, but, you know, going off to school, um, you know, she had kind of a sheltered life here more so, and then experiencing going off to college, um, and having that freedom and just, you know, experiencing, you know, um, just, just the sex and the drugs that lots of kids do. Um, but it just put her in a position to um, be taken advantage of, um, um, actually raped um, one time. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think that too had a lot to do with the you know, not really dealing with that properly and um, understanding, you know, that she was, you know, taken advantage of and hurt. She didn't come to us right away. We really didn't even know she was raped until she was in the hospital and the psychiatrist had told us. Wow. So how, um, speak on that as parents, like, knowing the Lord and hearing this about your daughter. Cause I remember our first visit, I just ended up weeping because mm -hmm. I'm seeing this from my perspective, from God's perspective, from Lauren's perspective. And then as a parent and I still have young children. So I just can't even imagine knowing what my daughter a has dappled in, but then what's been done to her, how she's been taken advantage of. And then knowing the big picture of the enemy is literally trying to kill my child. Yes, that's exactly how I felt. And, and just even knowing that she's in there and, you know, uh, the first time in the hospital, you know, they wouldn't let her listen to Christian music. Oh, no, she's too over-religious. So couldn't listen to that. Feeding her Coca-Cola and cookies and garbage. And I was just beside myself knowing that this could not possibly help. Um, right. But 
you know, at this point when she was not living at home, she was living at her boyfriend's house. And when she got out and went back right back there, you know, we had to just trust her to God and, uh, and, and we had to let go because it was her decision what to do. He was an adult now. Yep. Yeah. It was really scary and hard and yeah. And it is, it, you know, really college today, sending our kids off to college. I'm, I can speak on this being someone who was in college until I was 28 years old. So I have about as much, you know, formal education as one could have, but I'm not a huge fan. I would, unless I knew that I knew that I knew that the Lord was calling and, um, you know, that, that child was a, an absolute leader and could handle the world. Would, would you, would you have anything to say about the college experience today? Now, this is a total tangent of what we're talking about today, but um, I think it's one of the biggest, greatest places of warfare to literally steal the yes. next generation of the college campus. And it is a very dangerous place to um, naively send our children off to. I've never been so thankful that my other three children have, have not even go, gone to college. Our last one took a year off. And so we just keep on praying, you know, Lord, it's got to be your will. And we want him to be walking with you, which not yet, but soon we know the Lord's got him. So, But isn't it the epitome of yeah. do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed mm -hmm. by the renewing of your mind that you might know what that perfect and acceptable will of the Lord is. I might, I might've gotten one word wrong in there or whatever, but Romans 12, one and two, I'm just pulling this out of memory, but it's so like, okay, kids are turning 17, fill out the college applications. That's just what you do because that's what the world does. But we actually need to be praying and discerning. Yes. This is the Lord's best and perfect will for our children and training them up to discern that and really digging deep about what the um, curriculum and agenda and yeah. philosophy so of faith is at that school because hardly a Christian university is safe anymore. Yes, it's true. It's so scary. It is scary. Okay, but to get back on track, so um, would you, I mean, so after this, um, you know, rape experience, do you feel like that desensitized you to sexual immorality, Lauren? Like, um, do you, I mean, what the Bible tells us, right. That, um, that there's like sexual sin and in, in the, whether it's self-induced or done to us, it's, it's like the one sin that's like autoimmune disease to our soul. So it's like how our soul is our mind and emotion. So how could rape or any sort of sexual sin not play a role in attacking our mind, you know, and, it, adding insult to injury, I guess, would be fair to say, you know? Actually, for me, I think it was a bit of the reverse. I think it was the amount of sexual um, impurity and fornication that I was doing um, that was consensual actually desensitized me to the entire rape experience to where I didn't think much of it and I kind of pushed it off. Um, and I definitely didn't think about ever taking it into any kind of court or anything because I didn't want to be painted as um, some harlot in front of an entire stage of people because the people that did um, rape me um, look a whole lot like the list of people that I was consensually having sex with. Um, so I didn't even, it wasn't even on my mind. I just chucked it up to... Um, like it was a bad decision for me to go to a party alone. It was a bad decision for me um, to accept drinks from people that I like didn't really know. And I put a lot of the blame on myself for how, what had happened. Um, and then I just kind of like moved, moved past it. And um, it didn't stop me or from wanting to continue to have sexual relations um, and be extremely... Um, sexually impure um it didn't really stop anything so i'd say that really um the time when my mind changed was back in high school when my first boyfriend had convinced me that um it was okay if we had sex before marriage because if we got married it didn't count and then after that relationship ended i was like well i already had sex before marriage so you know it is what it is 
I also, I was trusting in God so much that I would just, every time I heard the voices, I would just rebuke them in my head. And then, um, when I was alone, I would sometimes rebuke them out loud. Um, I would constantly go and ask my mom to pray over me. I would even go as far to like, be like, mom, can you please just pray in the spirit? Like, can, <laughs> like, don't use your own words. Like, I really need this to be straight from God. Um, and at first the demonic voices would get worse. Um, they would get louder. They would get like upset. Um, every time I would try to rebuke them and then they slowly got quieter and quieter and, um, didn't have as much power. They'd audibly express that they didn't have as much power. Um, like the more I tried to read my Bible, the more, um, my mom had me doing the revelation wellness walks with her and, um, different like Bible studies and just, just trying to like get in the word. Um, and it all started after our first appointment. Amen. Well, I knew that first day. I remember, I remember our first appointment very well. And I want to speak to that because I remember you showing up and I knew I wasn't looking at Lauren. I knew that I, I mean, I thought you were wrapped in a heavy blanket. You were completely glassed over. You would get lost in your sentences. You, I would have to repeat things. You, I knew you weren't there and thank God that you have, um, you know, these parents who love the Lord and know the Lord and seeds were planted in you young before the enemy literally basically possessed your life. So I knew like, so I'm going to sum up, I would say we were up against pharmacia, which is sorcery, major occult witchcraft. You were, you know, completely over-medicated and at the point of, you know, um, like losing your mind, Satan. I knew we, this was a battle, not against flesh and blood. And I want to read that. Ephesians 6, 12 says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. This could not be more true Yes. to exactly what we were up against. I had chills. My heart was racing, but I had hope. And I didn't know what the Lord was going to do, but I knew that um, he had given me the encouragement, I guess, and confidence to say yes to your mom, to agree to this appointment. And she had the confidence to allow me the chance to help. And we all had hope in the Lord above all else, because Man. this is all glory to him. I yes. could not have helped you without the Lord's help. And yes. so I remember seeing you and just like seeing your face for the first time and seeing your countenance and presence. And then we cried together and we threw down in prayer and I did not hold back because I knew that this was going to have to be the work of the Lord for you to get well. And your parents were praying. We all prayed together, but you were willing to surrender and basically give God a chance. And I'm so glad that you did and I remember that you couldn't even hardly finish sentences or you would get lost in thoughts and your parents mostly had to speak for you on that first day Christy do you want to share anything about like we're going to now go into what God did and um how he, she got better and how quickly we started seeing breakthrough and what those first what that first month was like yes yes it I mean it really was amazing to watch um you know, as she said, we were, um, for, for a couple, two weeks, we had to, Mark and I would take turns to make sure we were with her 24 hours. She could not be by herself. Um, or, you know, we'd have to be able to keep an eye on her. Um, but you know, what we did in that time is we really tried to just keep the Lord up front. We watched all of the chosen series every night. We watched one series um, we, um, like she said that we did the, uh, body revelation book, um, by Elisa Keaton. And we did those walks listening, even though she was having those voiceovers, uh, <laughs> but we, but we tried to practice even the meditations. Um, and Mark, my husband kept her busy with projects, um, building a cornhole set and building a chicken coop. And we taught, and we, we did lots of studying about learning about chickens and just, you know, doing different stuff, but it was amazing just to see, um, 
yeah her, you um, built in you built holiness and godliness and training her up in the way she should go into everyday life so whether it was sitting on the couch or whether it was watching a show together where she was kind of incapacitated or we've got chores that need to get done we're going to build a chicken coop and dad's going to train you while he's doing it I love that it's so practical yeah and and that's really like the command in Deuteronomy Deuteronomy 6 right I mean that we talk about it in our coming and our going and building chicken coops and cooking dinner and watching tv and snuggling on the couch or sick in bed we're gonna talk about the lord we're gonna write the scriptures on our foreheads right on our doorposts put them all over the walls like that's what you guys did and where you used to listen to these new age worldly basically you put satan in your ears and let him lie to you and make you think that you were self-sufficient and you could gain wisdom and knowledge from all these other worldly and fleeting things now you are renewing your mind and overdosing on the word of god and truth when you walked when you talked when you slept when you worked when you sat at home yes yes it was awesome we also were so blessed to find some people to work with us she didn't have insurance but we were able to get her some um, insurance and through them um, a team of people gave us a medicine management person and you know by god's grace it was a christian who was all for what we were doing and she was um would give us whatever we wanted to taper us down a lower dose of the the psychotics and the mood stabilizers so god's hand was just i could see it he was it was on everything um so he, yeah. he basically put a team together and I got to be a part of that. So it was at that time, it was no longer, was her psychiatrist that had put her on the old medication still involved or was it just me and no. the Christian uh, doctor, psychiatrist, whatever she was. A medicine was- management person, but she is still going to see a talk therapist too. Yes. And so she has all these pieces helping her. Yeah. So it's been a very holistic approach. And um, we started off with, um, we dove in and you guys, um, I was very proud of her. She was willing to basically take her savings and say, I'm going to test everything. We're going to get to the root of of this. I'm drawing a line in the sand. I'm going all in. I'm going to get better. And we literally tested everything, all the root cause labs, plus we ran complete neurotransmitters. And I, do we run blood work too? Yes. Every, yeah. every test. Oh, and micronutrients. Yeah. So we found out everything that was at the root of what was going on, parasites, bacteria, virus, fungus, what your probiotic levels were, heavy metals, mycotoxins, molds, uh, all the environmental toxins. Then we ran what your neurotransmitters were doing for the mental health piece. We found out all your micronutrient um, deficiencies, minerals, amino acids, vitamins, all those things at the cellular and blood lo- um, cell, uh, white blood cell serum and white blood cell level. Um, and we, was there anything? Uh, um, we test your thyroid and hormones as well right? Okay. So we did like as comprehensive as you could get so we could see, we could take a look inside and go, what are we up against? What is really at the root of this? And then you had your medicine management person who was going to help you start to titrate down as we detoxed and supported your body. Um, very, very, very specifically. And she was extremely supportive and was a believer. Correct. Yeah. So she was fully supportive of, um, kind of letting letting me lead and then her manage with the stuff that is out of my um, expertise and or scope of practice because we're not treating mental illness we're supporting Lauren's body and we really just cleaned you out in the most simple terms and supported what was necessary would that be fair to say would you add anything to that no I'd say that's that's pretty accurate on how on how things um, started and went from there. Yes. And when, okay, so you, so you, um, we ran those labs and then at our first follow-up, which would have been, or was a super comprehensive lab review to review everything that we found and go through our report of findings. And then that was the day you really went home with 
um, your recommendations based on what was going on inside your body, everything that was super specific. And your plan honestly was not very complicated. We supported your thyroid, but it was quite minimal what you needed. And we went heavy after some detox. We changed your diet, pulled you off of all grains. Essentially, I believe we went mostly paleo with you, right? Just yeah, yeah. was a, a factor. And we chose the right probiotic based on what your labs showed. So we knew exactly what your gut needed because the gut brain connection is super real. I knew that yeah. you heal the mind until you repent of and deal with sin, deal with trauma, heal the gut, balance hormones. I mean, that's, that's a, not a one size fits all, but kind of a summary of how we have to approach it. And so remind me, I don't remember without your notes in front of me, between the first, that first follow-up, so the second visit and after that first visit, so we prayed, did you guys do anything following the first visit and after you submitted your lab samples and did she get any breakthrough before that lab review when we had the more specific recommendations? Yeah, because by the second visit, when we had that, she was already not hearing the voices. That's right. So that, that really... Um, by what was the date was it august 30th we actually it's so funny because we got the chickens <laughs> on <laughs> august 30th and that is when the voices stopped and we didn't meet with you until september 11th okay. so because um even though um we didn't have the whole protocol you gave us the detox drops we ordered them right away and started those and we started the diet right the three away things that she the the i guess the three things that came after our very first visit was um we prayed <laughs> we she was she was repentant and very honest about sin and things in her life was ready for a change she was ready to welcome the lord and let him do whatever he mm -hmm. do in her life then you changed your diet and you started advanced trs gray that's and it. then the drops too. Oh, the full and the advanced fulvic. Yes. Right. So, yeah. yeah. And that was it. Right. And then, yeah. we, then we pieced in the rest of it because I knew that we could start clearing your system safely and that we were up against some serious toxicity because you were on all these pharmaceuticals and there was going to be no chance of decreasing that or stabilizing you because I really believe that was playing a role with the voices in your head and the like almost enhanced mental illness. Because um, will you, will you, would you want to speak to how much was it, was it, weren't you on like 600 milligrams a day of lithium when we met? 1500. Yeah. 1500 milligrams. Oh, okay. Way more than I even thought. I mean, that's in, that's insane amounts of lithium. Yeah. And, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Christy, you, yeah. I remember you mentioning that you heard, a, you worked with or heard a testimony of or knew a functional medicine doctor who also battled mental illness, who was on lithium and who started introducing lithium orotate, the um, nutrient, um, not prescription, lithium orotate is over the counter and yes. how he had gotten off all lithium and healed himself or. Well, just was able was to keep himself stable okay. with just that lithium orotate and you know, he too has other things, you know, that he adds in, but, um, let me, let me interject really quick, just so that everybody knows it's not a, it's never a one size fits all and lithium or a Tate supplement alone will not be all that it takes. Cause it won't detox you and it won't heal the thyroid and it won't, you know, detox from parasites or remove environmental toxins. However, it is a significant piece of the puzzle, at least in Lauren's case and in other cases. And for me, I took lithium orotate in the depths of postpartum depression, and it was very significant in helping to stabilize me. By no means was it the, like one single thing and I didn't have to do anything else, but it did play a role. So I just want to make that clear to listeners who are really trying to grasp at straws to find something, but it can certainly, certainly help. Okay. So then tell me your story as it relates to you. So you started introducing lithium orotate because you were familiar with it from this man, man's testimony or teaching. Yes. And, and I just, you know, off of YouTube, um, started listening to a lot of his, um, you know, his testimonies and 
So we just started, you know, when she actually, um, the last time she went in, she was detoxed that lithium level. And so when, when she went back, was on the other drug, had to go back in. And that's when the lithium levels were from a much lower place and we uh, of the lithium. And so we just started saying, okay, let's taper it down just a little bit and we'll start adding lithium orotate, you know, in a little bit. And we just kept on doing that, waited a week, see how that went if there was anything going on and then did it again the next week we'd lower the the lithium you know medication and then would up the lithium orotate amazing so i also again i want to interject that i am not it, by sharing this podcast we are just telling lauren's story i am not advising anyone who listens to this to come off of psychiatric drugs or anything that this is not for advice. This is for the purpose of hope and inspiration and educational purposes only. Um, but I just wanna make that clear so this can never get misconstrued as me giving psychiatric advice to anyone. Okay, carry on. So after your first visit, you started doing this where you would bring in some lithium orotate and then lower your lithium medication um, week to week. and it, I remember it went very smooth for you and you were not getting um, gnarly side effects like some people do. And was this, um, were you already introducing the advanced TRS and advanced fulvic? Okay. So that had to be making a huge difference. So that's helping your body detox and pull it out of your cells, which is a game changer doing something that actually works for detoxification and getting heavy metals out. If you're not doing that, it is very difficult to ever come off of medications because this stuff builds up in our cells and our liver. Hence the reason they have to keep monitoring your liver every few months. Right. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. We actually, before we started going down on the lithium had come off the antipsychotics first, which I think is what helped um, really get rid of the voices um, and a lot of the um, fogginess and grogginess that um, had me walking around in a daze um, for a couple weeks. So we had slowly titrated that off first, um, while keeping the lithium orotate and the lithium, um, carbonate, um, it both in, in my system. And then we had taken the, um, lithium down second. Yeah. So am I remembering, right? Again, I'll keep repeating myself. Correct me if I tell any part of your story wrong or lead into it incorrectly, but by the, so that second visit, so our first follow-up, when we went over your labs, weren't you already halfway off of lithium and off the other um, psychotropic drug um, already before, and all we were doing was the advanced CRS, advanced fulvic, and, and so you had managed to do all that on your own, even before we started targeting the other things that we found in the labs, and in your labs, um, your, was it? Um, was it your glutamate and the GABA GABA were just through the roof, which yeah. will result in manic episodes. I mean, those things will are extremely excitatory. So mm -hmm. they're just throwing your brain and nervous system and emotions, mind into a completely hyperactive, AKA manic state. It, I mean, your labs align exactly with what you were going through. Then you had like the mild, depression but you didn't go into super low lows like some bipolar right you went no but they weren't like um extreme lows and your thyroid was low but it wasn't i've seen much lower and so that made sense with you because yours was more the severe manic side of things when it would happen and you couldn't calm it down because these excitatory neurotransmitters were just circulating through your blood and you couldn't stop them yeah. Yes, exactly. So we worked to bring all of that down. But anyway, I guess the point is just in detoxing prayer, lowering your medication and changing your diet in, in just a month's time, basically, you already, you were a completely different person, Lauren. I distinctly remember, I was shocked. I remember coming on that video a little bit nervous, um, you know, ready to talk to you, like, Lord, you know, oh my gosh, you're going to have to help me. Like, um, I just, just don't let me get it wrong. You know, um, fill me with your spirit and let my recommendations, my, um, words, anything be your words, Lord. 
and then I get on the video with you and you are a completely different human being already. <laughs> like yeah. I could yeah. not believe She's it. back to herself. <laughs> I mean, seriously, yeah. you're so coherent. I, you're smiling. <laughs> you have color in your face, your eyes. Like I can see like your spirit now and not this glazed over soul that had been just taken over, you know? I mean, it's amazing. So, okay, July, August, September, October, November. So we're five, less than five months into it because it wasn't even all of July. Where are you now? Or and what else? Is there any other part of the story that you want to share or what it was like incremen incrementally from month to month? Because the summary is you have only gotten better. And as it stands today, you are not only off all medications and you've been off all medications since October 10th, October 10th. So early October, so July, August, September, October, in three months time, you're off all medications. And now you're not even using melatonin and hardly any magnesium at night to sleep. You're sleeping great. You have a sound mind. You're retaining the word. You can, re you have your mind and memory back. You're sober minded. Um, what else? What, what, what do you have to say? <laughs> well, Periods are normal. Praise God. Oh, yeah. That's right. <laughs> Dad says, hallelujah. <laughs> That's right. That's an important part. You had lost your period for up to six months at a time. Your hormones were super messed up and imbalanced. And um, when you would have manic episodes, they would get insanely irregular, even worse. And so we now have had two pretty much perfectly normal periods a month apart. Um, in October and November. Yep. Yes. And um, going along with that, and it just um, talking about female and um, hormones being off all of the medications and drugs um, and growing closer with the Lord has actually opened my um, eyes and my heart to potentially being open to having children, which I didn't really think would be an option for me because it was very dangerous based on the medication that I was on for both me and the child if I were to get pregnant. And I just never thought that it would be um, something that I would ever get to do. So that's actually been something that God's put on my heart over the past like month or two that like maybe that is something that I'll be interested in um, in the future. So that was something that like I really was excited about. And I just want to share because our listeners can't see what I see and dad's in the background jumping up and down, super excited at the thought of grandchildren. <laughs> I love it. I love what the Lord is doing. So what I, that's so awesome, Lauren. I'm like, I'm so excited for you. I am, I feel honestly, like totally unworthy of getting to be a part of this story with you. And, and um, I don't feel like I really did anything, you know, God, God gets all the glory for this. Um, it's been awesome to watch him work. I want to hear from your parents, mom or dad, like what all has changed, what it's like, the relief that must come from your uh, mommy and daddy heart, seeing the Lord restoring your daughter's life, where you were literally just a few months ago, back to like a newborn having to babysit your adult daughter out of fear of what she might do and that she may not make it. Is that yeah. fair to say? Yeah, absolutely. Just, you know, I think my biggest fear you know, my biggest fear always, especially when she didn't have insurance, is they actually could take her and lock her up at a st state institute. I, this last time, I was petrified. I was ready to do anything. So, um, and then I do want to just share that, um, you know, her and I have done um, a whole Bible study together, and we're in another one now. Uh, her and Mark and I are working through another um, Bible study that uh, Mercy Multiplied is a great ministry, but it's set free. I'm going to read it real quick because um, it is the keys to freedom through Mercy Multiplied that helps young girls and women um, get free from all kinds of things. And so I never expected that this is where we would end up. Um, you know, now she gets to go back and start making her own choices again of jobs and relationships and all this. And so it's another letting go for me because I was in there and involved. So, <laughs> but I'm so excited for her. 
Amen. And Lauren, you were sharing um, at our appointment before we started hitting record today that obviously you haven't been able to work for a time. And now that God's restoring you and you're feeling really stable and much more confident and catching up on rest, you were going from sleeping like 16 hours a day. And now that's tapering down to like 10 hours a day. And you've been out looking for a job and may even be getting your old job back that you had to quit for the mental health issues. Is that right? Yes, that is correct. I, um, back in 2021, I had left a job that I, um, really enjoyed for about three years because I didn't feel comfortable, um, coming back after such a crazy manic episode. Um, I had had panic attacks at the job and I just didn't feel, um, comfortable even after stabilizing, um, going back there at the time and being in that environment. I wasn't sure that I could handle it. Um, so I had fumbled around at a couple other jobs and never really found anything that stuck or that I liked. Um, and I actually am scheduled to have an interview in the upcoming weeks with my old job to see about, um, yeah, getting that, um, getting that back, which I'm super excited about because, um, it was a place that I really enjoyed to, um, work at. And I really felt like I was, um, had a lot of purpose there and I can't wait to get to share my testimony with hundreds and hundreds of people that, um, saw me at a lot of different angles, um, saw me living for the world, saw me, um, falling into a, probably from their perspective, a very interesting state. Um, and they probably didn't understand what was going on. Um, neither did I at the time. So, um, it's, it'll be great to come back and, um, show them a fully restored and what, um, God can really do in somebody's life. Amen. I mean, you're totally a new creation and no one can deny it. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, just point them to Jesus. You're going you're gonna to have such a great impact. And I know that this, um, this story is going to give somebody and probably a lot of somebody's a lot of hope and encouragement that there are different ways. And that a lot of what we're doing in this world to address mental health is not the answer. And that they're, like, when people are suffering, they're suffering at the spiritual level, of course, but they're toxic. They're, their bodies are literally poisoned. And then there's doors that have been opened to Lord only knows what. Um, there's probably almost always a thyroid issue, a gut issue, leaky gut. These things are real. The gut brain connection is real but there's much hope. And that means that there's answers and there's reasons for how we end up in these places. And as we know, of course, recreational and street drugs aren't helping. And they're, there's a whole different, they're a whole different beast from the ones I dappled with. I did, I did more than dapple, but I mean, from generation to generation, they just keep getting scarier and more dangerous. And you can overdose at the drop of a hat back in my day when, and I'm not trying to glorify sin or even like necessarily laugh about this, but I mean, we were all smoking weed and all that stuff. I, I wasn't raised in a Christian home. I didn't know any different. That's just what everybody did. But nobody was like overdosing from smoking weed or losing their mind really from smoking weed. It's a different ball game today. Vaping mm -hmm. is incredibly dangerous and toxic. I see people have mental breakdowns just from vaping alone. So yeah, she's off vaping too. She was vaping. <laughs> yes. So. I forgot about that. <laughs> I did too until just now. Okay, so dad, you're back there. I, do you have anything to say? Do you have anything to share? Uh, you've been so patient and quiet and you've just, I just want to hear what you have to say. I just couldn't be more thankful. Amen. Me At too. Point in time. Yeah. Um, went from crippling fear to hope to I am completely excited about her life right me too i'm there amen we're all on board and we are all here to support you lauren we're so proud of you we're so yeah. to the lord for what he's done mm -hmm. i hope that his power and majesty is magnified through your story yes. never forget what he's brought you through because you better days are to come but it becomes easier to depend on yourself instead of jesus when life gets easier over the years Yep. Um, so never lose your fire. And, you know, I know you have um, a lot of associations with a lot of lost other kids, young adults who are 
you know, lost in all the things, all kinds of sexual immorality, identity crises, right? Um, drug addiction, abuse, uh, who knows what else. Um, the stuff is real. Satan is very real. He's going to try to take everybody with him he can in his last days. You have a story to literally change the world, girl. Yes, agreed. <laughs> yes, I just um, keep going to the Lord and hoping that he gives me um, the strength and discernment to know um, exactly how to share and bring about change in not only the lives of my friends, and um, but also uh, anyone that um, God brings into my life that he may want me to share that I have the strength to do that and the um, discernment and wisdom to know exactly what to do in those situations. Amen. And you know what? I've met women in their 40s, 50s, whatever, who are going through midlife crises, getting divorced after 20, 30 years, and they go kind of off the deep end into partying or promiscuity or plastic surgery and just self-destruction and end up where similar to where you are at twice the age so nobody's exempt um we've got to keep our armor on we've got to be prayed up and we have got to be um let your greatest addiction be the word of god feast on it day in bible study with your parents and your future husbands and your grandchildren yeah. <laughs> yes. uh, and i mean you you will you will not fall away if jesus literally is if you're abiding and he is Lord of your life and all things really are possible with him. Amen. 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 Awesome. So I thank you guys for sharing. Do you have anything else to say before we close today? Thank you. Yes. yes. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, thank you guys for allowing me the opportunity. Truly. I don't feel like I did that much um, other than maybe put my arms out and say, no more Satan. You can't have it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to believe when you guys can't and when you're hopeless, I will have hope where you maybe don't right now. And then look what God can do. Amen. 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 Well, I love you guys. I look forward to talking to you next time and hearing um, what the Lord is continuing to do. Amen. Absolutely. Love you too. Thank you. Thank you. You're so welcome. Thanks for sharing today, guys. All Blessings right. on your family. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I received that. Thanks. All right. Bye bye. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening. For more information about my practice, check out my website, drjana.com. That's D-R-J-A-N-A.com. And if you know someone today's episode could encourage, pray for them. And consider sharing this episode. See you next time.